last Six Nations winning the Grand Slam is probably quite a big highlight for me. Was my chance to kind of prove myself as the first team. I remember I got like dropped from a team and I felt I felt guilty. I was like, what am I going to tell the teachers at school tomorrow? Over lockdown, I had an operation. Um, so lockdown's pretty much just been focusing on that and getting me back to the same standard I was. Hey guys, welcome to our new podcast, uh, Tutor Time, made by uh, me, Joe, and I've also got Livy and Rosanna co-hosting uh, with me today. This is, our, this is our first podcast and we're going to be primarily talking about sport, but putting an LP twist on it at the um, same time. So um, Liv, Rosanna, do you want to introduce yourselves? Okay, I'm, um, I'm Liv and I'm in, well, obviously in upper six at LP and yeah. That's all about it. I play netball. Um, if we're talking like relating it to sport, <laughs> and yeah, Rosanna, you go. Ah, uh, I'm Rosanna, like Lisa. <laughs> um, uh, I'm gonna talk a little bit today about women in sport, and uh, yeah, up six play rugby. It's pretty much all there is to know about me. <laughs> cool. And then obviously there's um myself. I'm Joe. Most people know me as the uh the keeper who lets in an average of uh, seven goals in uh, in the net per game and um, I'm also head boy so um, yeah that's pretty much everything interesting about me before we start should we just talk a little bit more about ourselves so I've got a couple um, few questions lined up I'm gonna start off with Livy um, <laughs> just v- very briefly plans right now during lockdown what you're doing at uni and any thoughts about what you're doing after so plans during lockdown so um i live on site so i'm using like a lot of the um facilities so i've been at the netball courts quite a lot obviously as park's got quite a big space so i've been taking buddy on a lot of walks and what was the other question uh so what you're doing what you're doing um at uni oh uni oh yeah and then after you yeah got it um at uni i'm studying sports studies at hertfordshire which is actually quite exciting. I was a bit nervous, but I'm actually quite excited for it now. Now I've known about a bit, bit more about the course. Liv, and then, are you? Do you from because you were going on a gap year? Are you more excited about uni now, or are you more worried about it? Do you wish you were going on your gap year? Um, well, because I think if I did go on a gap year, I'd be like less inclined to go to uni because I probably wouldn't want to leave my gap year Mm. that's kind of what I'm my thought processes are so I think I'm glad I'm going to uni now I'm glad that I just (coughs) oh my god (laughs) I'm glad I know that's the hay free for four you carry on sorry (laughs) um I know it sounds bad but I'm kind of glad I'm getting out of the way because then I can just get on with my life yeah all I want to do is just well I want to teach and I want to just just go I really want to like live in Australia but you know we'll see how that goes um but yeah uh, 100% um yeah what about what about you Joe what's your plans for next year so um kind of be, being out of us three being the one that's actually a little bit more mediocre at sports compared to semi-professional professional I'm um <laughs> <laughs> I'm um I'm looking at doing business management at King's College 
London, hopefully, next few years, a four-year course there. Then hopefully do something business-related and then go into my family, go into my family business, which is a, a leisure business. Something I want to focus on is kind of the sport aspect of that, especially. But um, yeah, I've kind of, I, I don't really feel I'm ready to leave the education system just yet. I don't really know exactly want to, what I want to do to myself, or I don't exactly have a plan for the next, for the short, for the short term, ten years compared to the the long term 30 40 do, years do you definitely so, um, do you definitely want to take over nirvana or do you feel like you 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 have to or do you want to i feel like it's a bit of both like on one side there is like the oh there, there are many other things I, I i probably could also do that i would really enjoy doing like like politics for example you guys know i'm big into that also my product design that's something i quite enjoy but I think like just o- over the years, kind of just being surrounded by everything business-wise, it has kind of ingrained it into my mind. It is something of um, I do I do really enjoy. Yeah, that's good. What about you, Rosanna? What is um, your plans for next year, and how have you been like? Because you've obviously had a knee injury. How have you been coping with that in lockdown? Um. Well, next year. This year, next year, no, the next phase of my life. Um, <laughs> going to Loughborough, hopefully, to do sports science with management. Um, I am hopefully continuing my rugby. And like you said, Liv, I've over lockdown, I had an operation at the very beginning of lockdown on my knee. Um, so lockdown's pretty much just been focusing on that and getting me back to the same standard I was. My physio told me today I could run, which is great. Oh, that's exciting. I know. Um, but yeah, uni, I'm not really sure what I want to do in the future. I'd quite like to have my own gym kind of thing. But I Oh, change, that's really cool. I change my mind daily, so <laughs> nobody knows. Do you, do you kind of feel that, like, um, obviously, if corona wasn't a thing, you would have like, you would have been almost worse off? Because obviously with your knee um, and... Of, and if like rugby was all still going maybe you would felt maybe you would have felt that you'd missing out more and now you've got more time to just focus on rehab like you've got no exams yeah, definitely that like, my rehab's been very intense because obviously I can't do anything else so my physio is really pushing me mm-hmm. um I also think it's kind of been better for me mentally because I would have missed out on a lot of training camps and a lot of trials if yeah. it wasn't for corona so it's almost a blessing in disguise I don't know if I'm allowed yeah. to say that but um, no I know what you mean like for me you personally mean. anyway um it's kind of a bit selfish but yeah but yeah for the future hopefully at carry on playing rugby it all goes well with my knee and um uni yeah oh that's really exciting brilliant so I think I think we'll, we'll might as well just tap in further into the whole coronavirus thing whilst we're um whilst we're at it coronavirus lockdown and sport how have um Livia how have you been um handling with that uh yeah it's actually been good um I think we're so lucky um to have the te- like sports the kind of the facilities and all the stuff that's yeah still, like you can use and the, yeah the teachers that we do because they've obviously given up a lot of their time to do so many sessions and mm. like I've had a lot of sessions with my club as well where but we're looking into outdoor spaces now to like go in groups of six to train like obviously not like contact but um doing stuff like that and then ever contact 
be surprised because it does get a bit beefy sometimes. Right. So, um, not not as bad as rugby though. Like not that much Five contact. I'm sure rugby and football are probably a little bit. Yeah, one hundred contact contact. One hundred percent. But yeah, and I've been doing a bit of coaching as well. So, yeah, it's been like quite a nice variety. But yeah, mm. not too bad. I don't think. Oh, brilliant. What about you, Zan? What's um. Have you been like in contact with your rugby club or like? Yeah, so we, yeah, yeah, we talk quite a lot. We're making an unfortunate amount of like cringy videos between us. <laughs> Makes me kind of want to throw up, but they won't be laugh, so it's fine. Um, we've got like training drills to be doing, which obviously I can't do, but we've been sent them for club and um centre of excellence kind of thing so I've got a lot to be doing that I'm just kind of not doing because I can't but I shouldn't yeah so, um so again I think um how was described quite uh, earlier a blessing in disguise it's um despite all of the the awful things that are going on right now this is kind of this has given me a a prime opportunity to get back into golf which is something I haven't a game I haven't played in a fair few years like since I, I used to play a fair amount before I joined Leighton Park but then I just um I just stopped I just I couldn't find the time for myself but now so, I'm what, what year did you join out in the, in the back garden uh 2013 oh my god that I've is not found seven, one yeah. moment of time between year seven <laughs> and up six to play one thing match whatever it's called of golf take time it takes time but um no it's been it's been great because I've um I'm fortunate enough to have a, a field behind my garden where I can just go and um hit a few hit a few balls. I um I had my first lesson actually um yesterday down at my local golf club, Bearwood Lakes, with um <laughs> the pro there, Mike, lovely guy. <laughs> yeah, of course, got a minor, minor flex on the course. But, uh, um, it just it and again, it's something I'll um I think as I'll move into our first topic, it's the it's nice to just kind of have that distraction to focus on like something like that has some form of a goal and that kind of distracts you from real real life and that kind of leads me on perfectly to the first topic that we should be talking about but we're about 17 minutes in on the timer now (laughs) so um so we'll, we'll gloss over this briefly but um life and sport yes uh it's uh how how do you guys view sport do you see it as um do you see it more as a a fun ac- a fun activity, or do you see it as a escape of real life, or both, or something um, different? I'd say both. Like obviously, I I enjoy sport to the maximum. Like it's my thing. That's what I do. Mm. But also, sometimes it just sometimes I'm also like, oh, I just want to lay in bed for one morning, or I want to go mm, to bed yeah. before twelve o'clock tonight. I don't want to sit on a train for four mm. hours to get to training. Yeah. Um, like, like, especially for both of you who play regular competitive sports, yeah. even though, like, a lot, a lot of the time for me, for, for me nowadays at least, I don't play as much competitive. I'm more, I'm more recreational. I'll go down the park with um the guys and we'll play heads and volleys or just do a little five v five or yeah something something like that. But for um and that's just something or, or like during lunch and during breaks. Just and for me personally, like with all the stuff, all, all of the schoolwork and all of the other work that kind of goes on behind behind the scenes in um my extremely boring life it's um it's um it's nice to kind of have that 
that moment where I can just kind of relax and sit back. But I don't know, do you see it different in your way? Because obviously you play at a, a slightly a slightly higher level, more competitive. Um, I mean, I'd say like I get like, well, actually, that's not true. I, the like most of my stress does come from like school and studies but that's mm. just because not that's what like I'm not I'm not like natural with that kind of stuff so when like I have like fourth period and I'm like right just you've got to go 30 more, more minutes and then it's games and then it's APP and you can chill like it, you don't I don't have anything to worry about because like that's like my mm. prime time like I can do what I want to do so I definitely view sport as like more of like a relaxing thing but then I do I find myself like I'll use sport sometimes as an excuse so yeah (laughs) I I kind of convince myself that it's it's worth me spending this hour in the gym instead of doing my prep or doing my coursework (laughs) like you know what I have to do this gym session so (laughs) I've just done it now instead of doing it then but actually I do it then and now and I don't actually do any work and I use it as an mm-hmm. excuse because I think it's a yeah. valuable excuse. It's definitely yeah. not, but yeah. Like at the same, at the same time, like going to the gym, like doing uh, sports where you're pushing yourself, it, it is, it is work and it is a chore, but at the same time we find, we find that fun. Yeah. In, in like kind of, in other ways, other people will find more academic stuff fun or more hands-on like product design oh, yeah, like or arts and crafts. That sort of stuff fun. Arts For us, and crafts. Fun as... Are you too? <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know how to describe it. I could design and tech if, you, if, if I can push at least being a, at least being above primary school age. Oh. but yeah. Um, should we move on to the first topic, which is more about so j- second second topic? Oh, even. sorry, second topic. Um, <laughs> which is what is the second topic? We should talk about um sporting expectations and um. Life after Elba. I mean, we've briefly talked about that, but we'll go a little bit more into it. So, um, uh, Liv, we'll start off with you being a part of APP, being a an athlete, uh, one of the uh, higher grade athletes in the school. The expectations are there for you to perform well. How does do you adapt your life to that? Do you just kind of I'm going to do what I do, or do do you understand that your position being in high expectations means that you've got to uh, put on a bit more of a kind of a role model position like um yeah I do at school like I do um I do want to like help the younger girls because obviously especially in year 10 a lot of them are quite passionate about sport especially netball mm. um but yeah at school um when when I'm when we do like more netball and hockey like um I don't feel too much um like of an expectation because uh, our coaches and our teachers they they know that we'll perform and they know that our mm. our tra- in training sessions and um, matches we always put 100 percent in um so they know that we'll perform um but yeah there is a certain amount of expectation as, especially when we go to like isa and mm. stuff like that because we've always done so well at isa like we always have that expectation when we go back that we want to get better and better and eventually get to first. So we've always been in the top three. But when ISA it comes was really to good this year, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, ISA was cracking. I mean we didn't even make it, but you know, we move on. Um what's it? At um at more like club level, I do feel like expectations are so high because 
there's mm. I'm like surrounded with like a dozen netballers that all play franchises and you've got to try and fight for that like starting five starting seven so sorry not starting five <laughs> starting <laughs> seven position and I like at school if I'm nervous it like goes in my favor but at club if I'm nervous it just doesn't I get yeah. like quite shaky and I get like you can tell that I'm not like playing as well as I probably should be but it's just that that effect. do you find do you find pressure you have pressure or kind of expectations from school to um to perform well at club or achieve certain things outside of of school's sport do you find there's expectations from school to achieve things um I remember when I was like a lot younger so when I'm like year 10 and I remember I got like dropped from a team and I felt I felt guilty I was like what am I going to tell the teachers at school tomorrow I was like they're going to kick me out of APP like I was actually so scared that's the first thing I said to my mum I remember and I was just like devastated but um no especially after that um I started to realize that I shouldn't be so silly and um would you say would yeah, you that, say you've learned to deal with people's expectations more as you've got older or or not yeah 100% and I feel like if you're more vocal to your coach it just works so much better if you just hide away at the back which I used to do quite a lot <laughs> that just make like I like you know that's such a pain like they can't speak to you they can't like talk to you if you're not being very like approach approachable so yeah I've learned a lot about that but um have you had like much of that in um in rugby Zan have you have your coaches had expectations especially like coming here because you're quite good um like because obviously your coach here and Andy and all that is quite close relations yeah well I think kind of before I came to LP at club I felt Common kind of county, I felt a lot of an expectation because I've always kind of been like one of the one of the better ones in the team. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, that didn't like really come across how it did. But I didn't know how to word it. Anyway, no, no, that's um, that's good. That's good. Uh, and I, I used to feel, I used to put myself under so much pressure, kind of before a match or something, that I've got to play really well. And if I, if I did one thing wrong, that match wasn't a good match. Or if I didn't train as hard as I thought I should have, that wasn't a good training session. I've really beat myself up about it. But I think I've, as I've got older, I've learned to kind of manage my expectations. You know, it is okay to have an off game. And just because I, I didn't make a break, that doesn't mean that I'm now a bad player. And I think coming to LP I've kind of I've got different expectations now I feel expectations to push myself rather than play well if that makes sense there's an expectation for me to put in the effort rather than my performance I feel I feel like Andy's helped you quite a lot with all of that Um, like he's kind of set you straight hasn't he like shown you the important things when I have trials or something similar um I'm, I always go to Andy and I'm like, I'm worried. I'm, like, I'm worried about this child if I, if I don't get in or I don't do anything. And he's he's always kind of, he's been that person that's kind of supported me and said like, I, will, I do think you'll get it. But, you know, if you don't, don't, it's just, it's a way that you can learn from it instead of putting yeah. me under pressure to be like, yeah, you have to, you have to get 
to that point or you have to get these trials or you have to and I think as well there was some trials that I didn't get like a a couple of months ago and when I came back Mm -hmm. I felt guilty to Andy that I didn't get those trials and it's more I felt guilty to Andy rather than like my centre of excellent excellence coaches it's so bad (laughs) but um then I know that also even though I felt guilty that I didn't get them to Andy I also know that he he saw that as a way that oh we need to improve on this then and also rather I, I don't know I don't know I just feel I feel yeah I don't know how to explain it but yeah no I know exactly what you're saying like you felt like yeah he just helps you in a real like a, in a good way and when you obviously came back from that truck not getting the trial he had like a really positive response instead of like being yeah, like right exactly that's it. and I feel like that's <laughs> really helped me to also want to push myself and that's the expectation that I want to meet is to push myself rather than how I perform because how yeah. I perform is how I perform yeah but that's how I do it but the expectation to push myself changes everything and I think it's yeah, really helped exactly. me to kind of get to that point rather than pressuring myself on my performance yeah cool Joe, would you um uh, speaking of expectations would you say you have like a certain amount of expectations because obviously like g- goalkeepers I'm guessing it's not your first position in football and then obviously you were dragged into the first team no it's um it's tough definitely and um uh so I mean w- when I used to play competitive sports I played for my local my local team Finch Hampstead a football club I was there for 10 years and um probably half of that i spend playing in um goal which I mean as much as I I did really enjoy that time but at the same time it wasn't really a natural position for me it wasn't really something that and my sister's trying to knock on my door it was never really a position I was 100% comfortable in I did enjoy it but there was all there was always like I've, I've always wanted to play primarily outfield on on the on the left mid position, that's kind of my my prefer, my preferred area. So I wasn't ever particularly particularly good, but at the same time, for me, that's as competitive I can be. At sometimes, I'm not gonna beat myself down for doing poorly on something that do you know? Do you, I don't particularly enjoy or I'm particularly good at. Do you feel like I know Jez talks a lot about how you just stepped up and said, you know what, I'll be I'll, yeah. I'll be the goalie, and he loves that. <laughs> but did you do you think you felt a a a like as head obliged. boy? Yeah, did you feel like obliged that you had to do that and like because you had to kind of set an example or you had? I, to I think re- regardless of my position in the school, I felt obliged. We're in a situation where we we had no goalkeepers for reasons that people will know, <laughs> but we won't mention. Um, it it was just I I felt like. I wasn't amazing, but I did have previous experience in goal, and this was my chance to kind of prove myself as the first team. Because at the same time, as much as I love my sport, I'm not exact. I'm not brilliant at every. I'm not brilliant at everything I do sports wise. It's for me. It's um. It's more about the whole having fun bit, and obviously yeah. being dragged back into the goal when I had um finally made the decision a year earlier to leave my football team because I was kind of like, okay, I don't really want to playing goal in one I want to focus both on my studies and playing outfield for school it was um it was it was a little bit hard to contemplate at first but um I did feel like I made 
the right decision at the end of the day. And we had a really good season that year. I think we came third in the table. I had probably my best goalkeeping season. It was a better goalkeeping season I had out of all the years I played for um, Finchampstead. And um, it was, uh, yeah, it was, a re- it was um, definitely very odd. It's um, Being in gold, it's always a really horrible position to play in regardless because you're that last line of defence. If a striker makes a mistake, the, the ball's got to get through 10 other players before it goes in the back of the net. If I make a mistake, then it's in. And um, especially this season, I, I know I definitely didn't have my best season this year, it was um, it was very difficult for me to stay motivated at times, but at the same time, I understood my position was um, it's I, I kind of viewed it as both kind of a job and enjoyment. I do really enjoy goalkeeping. I may have not been very good at it this season, and I, and some of the r- results can will definitely show ha- can definitely show you how that has de- that definitely put me put me down kind of mentally wise this season but I still it didn't put it didn't put me off at all I still enjoyed it as a sport I was there to have fun I do think that's the main main thing for sport is to yeah to enjoy it and and want to achieve yeah because I think like regardless of all like again bad results and all of that I I, I was enjoying it at the end of the day like going and goal during training sessions you know comes the heat of the moment in the football matches whilst we weren't as good a team as we were in the past. And I certainly probably didn't play as good as I was in the past. So I was still enjoying it at the end of the day. I didn't let my kind of my self expectations kind of um, put a downer on me. I kind of like, okay, I'm having a bad spell. That's fine. Yeah. I'm going to try as much as I can to improve, but at the same time, I'm going to have fun while doing it. And I think that's the most important thing. Even if you're not good at something, it can, it can be fun at the end of the day. Yeah. Yep, that's um, that's the nice look. Sorry, <laughs> I don't really know what I was going to say. Then. Brilliant. So um, we're, we're going to move on to a, a break now. We'll be uh, we'll be back in a couple of moments where uh, Rosanna's going to uh, introduce us to a um very special guest. So uh, yeah, we'll see you guys in a in a few moments. Hi guys, welcome back to Tutor Time. Um, with a few uh, technical difficulties before the break, which means this part's being fil- uh, recorded first because we lost the recording for the first half. <laughs> but um, anyway, I'm gonna quickly uh, uh, move on, uh, move on to Rosanna because uh, she's about to introduce a very special guest. So, Rosanna. Hi, Jan. Hello. Hello. Can you hear us? Yeah. Okay. Cool. This is Joe and Livy today that we're going to be talking a little bit about your sporting career and your kind of journey in women's sport if that's all right of course cool so um to start off with do you want to talk a little bit about your highlights of your career so far um yeah so I'd probably say last six nations winning the grand slam is probably quite a big highlight for me it was my first um, Six Nations and then to get the Grand Slam at Twickenham was pretty um, amazing and then probably the Commonwealth Games um, in the Gold Coast where we um, won the bronze medal match um, yes yeah, so that's like one with sevens and then one with fifteens wow cool. that's, that's that's amazing cool. um, so first of all for me as I was growing up you and Izzy training together your dad would always say to me um 
oh look, Rosebud this is going to be you in a few years time like blah, blah, blah. and I never really thought about rugby before that but kind of every session he'd be like oh Rosebud it's gonna be you and I was like yeah so um do you think it was like your dad that led you to rugby or what what do you think led you there the most yeah probably I think um him and my brother Ryan played when I was younger so going along and watching them play um and train was pretty good um and I think I just enjoyed watching them and then I at a young age, I played lots of sport like netball, hockey, triathlon, um, athletics. So I was quite sporty. Um, so I just enjoyed getting getting, invo- getting involved in anything. Um, so I think, yeah, probably like not having the fear factor of like joining something new and um, like getting involved and obviously seeing them do it and having such fun and enjoyment and like making like friends for like life sort of thing. I actually aspired to want to do like, be yeah. like. Would you... Um, what made you pick rugby in the end? Um, so it was down to rugby and athletics. Um, I enjoyed both and I still probably enjoy both. Like even if I went back to athletics, I'd still really enjoy it. But it was probably the team aspect of um, rugby that I really like, enjoyed and thrived with. I think like making new friends and new experiences that you can share with people where athletics was quite like individualised. Um, and like people, you, you would always get asked like what your pb is or anything like that so you 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 wouldn't really know if they're actually like your friend or they're just your competitor and i think with rugby you can actually have a friend and a competitor which i think is like nice and enjoyable to be around yeah um growing up you played with boys for a little bit didn't you yeah did this ever make you feel kind of a bit defeated or discouraged or anything um i don't I wouldn't say my experience with boys was negative. I think it was actually really positive. And um, I think because my dad was such a big part of the rugby club and like my, obviously my brother played there as well. Like people knew who we were sort of thing. Um, And like the boys were actually really nice. And I think because I started when I was six, when all the boys started, like I'd been with them for like six years and like, they didn't really know any difference, I think in a way. Um, And yeah, they were all really nice. And like, sometimes, you know, you wouldn't get picked to be in a partner with but then you would um be with the coach and then maybe you know that's why my skills got refined quicker and maybe that's why um where I am because I was able to have one-on-one coaching at an early age yeah okay so do you feel like it, it benefited you more yeah I think so I don't think I wouldn't I would never say that playing with boys I saw it in a negative light um and I think like now it's like women's rugby is out there and people know about it more I think it probably is this a bit better now is when you know you a young girl joins a boys team I don't think they're like oh girls can't play rugby or anything like that and I think the coaches are more for it and I think actually rugby clubs want girls in their mixed team or want like a girl side yeah definitely um so I've got a few questions from kind of younger students in the school mm-hmm. um so to start off with we have what are the main stereotypes you or other women's rugby players have faced in your career probably that we're big fat lesbians yeah (laughs) um and that we you know yeah that's probably the main one I think it's very stereotypical to be like big um maybe like overweight and yeah like um a lesbian but I think that is changing and I think a lot of people are now seeing it as 
like quite an athletic sport and it's just like the men so you've got to be like strong and fit um as well as like talented um but yeah I think that's probably the main barrier that we still face and probably that it's obviously like a male dominated sport but obviously we're trying to break down that barrier yeah um would you say that remarks like sexist remarks or actions come come mainly from one specific groups like grandparents men women children would you say that you've noticed more of a group or not not um no I don't think so I think um no I don't think so I don't think I don't think I've really experienced sort of like sexist remarks I think as a female anyway I think that can just happen in public I don't think it can really matter if you're like a rugby player a football player or an apple player I think you know women do face sexist remarks like on a basis um but I don't think there's a specific group and I don't think it really happens that much anymore in rugby or maybe even in society I think it's like it's, it is very frowned upon um and it's not like a respected thing to do um but yeah I've personally never been probably like victimized by it okay um another question is do you think that a female athlete has to make a larger impact than a male athlete to get recognition from the sporting community yeah definitely 100% I think um a boy who's having them maybe their first cap for England will get loads of respect and social media and like public public like viewing but if a female was making her debut I don't think people many people know about it unless you know you have a really good game which in my area which I you know I did I with my first cap I had a very good game and then that got me in the public eye and I don't think I could probably get out of the public eye now from that but I think yeah the boys is different I think when once you've got a first cap that's like people know who you are and people know yeah. that you play for England but I think that's very different for the f- female game yeah because you your first cap you made such a big impact into yeah. into rugby that that kind of do you think that if you didn't make that big of an impact you would have got the kind of recognition and been in the public eye as much as you were probably not no I don't I don't think I think England rugby try to you know speak about their new caps and they do and they do do it very well um in the women's side but I think no if I hadn't have scored six tries on my debut I don't think I probably would have got half the Instagram followers that I did get after that game or like the social media coverage and the paper coverage and the article coverage that I did get um and I think that's wrong and I think it should be shown on your performance if you perform well it doesn't matter if you score tries or not boy or girl you should get the same um accolade yeah definitely um how have you stayed motivated in such a male dominated sport and does it affect you that your sport is considered to be more of a male sport um I think Maybe when I was younger, yes, because obviously there wasn't the professional women's game. But now I think it's changing and the motivation is to be a professional and to get paid for doing something that you love. And I think it's there now and it's available for young girls to see, to to see that they can, you know, get paid for something that they love to do. And I think that's really good and that the premiership is at like a semi-professional stage. Yeah. Um, So for... 
to do with media coverage of women's rugby does it affect you that women's rugby is not as commercialized as men's in what way would you are you saying affect things um, kind of does it ever make you feel a bit like oh like, wh- why or does it make you just really question the way that things are working or do you get frustrated with it yeah I think so definitely I think you know you see if us we're playing on the same day as the men in a, like a Six Nations game they get all the media coverage and all the social media coverage and we'll just get a little bit at the end um and I think it is unfair I think we do the same we do the same job and it's as tough for us as it is for them um and I think you know England rugby do do as much as they can but I do still think that they could do a lot more and I think they know they could do a lot more but it it is hard to break out and you know football has done very well um in that sense and they aren't obviously at the same level as the men but they are getting there and they get a lot of people to their games yeah Um, and that's I think that's where we aspire to be like yeah do you find it do you find it hard when kind of you're playing after the men and you see people leaving does that does that kind of dishearten yeah it's It's very demoralizing I think but I think we sometimes play at the wrong times so like the men might play at three o'clock and then our kickoff might not be till seven or whatever and it might be like on a Sunday or on a Saturday and I think and maybe if the weather's not very nice I just think lots of factors do can like come into play with when that happens and like, yeah it's really hard to like run out after the men's are finished and then you can see it fall and while we're warming up and then you go back in get changed and then you run like a, run back out again to start the match and it's only like there's like barely any people there um like probably like friends and family um and people who that don't want to get on the rush to get the train so they don't want to you know they just think oh I stay for 10 minutes but I think that that's where it needs to change the timings and when we play um, but even if we play before the men, like, does that mean we're going to get more players, like more, sorry, more people coming to watch us? Um, but I do think it is hard. Yeah, very hard to run out and there not be many people there. But I think it's an honour to play at Twickenham. So you've got to weigh up, weigh, weigh the factors up. But yeah, I think something needs to change there. Would you yeah. say that's like made you like stronger player though, almost? Because like, having to like kind of take that on the chin every um every match it kind of almost like helps develop your personality I, I'd I'd think is that yeah would you yeah say? definitely I think yeah you get used to people not coming to watch you I think um so then when people do come and watch you I think that inspires you to do better and to play better because you want them to like come again or like enjoy it or like say to their friends oh actually the women's game is really good it's as good as the men's yeah um so yeah I think it does change your personality and maybe your outlook on it um and I think even if you notice that there's 10 more people the next game like it it's notable to us but I think to like the men it's not they don't they don't it, it doesn't affect them I don't think yeah but I think like maybe now like because of this coronavirus and the men not having to play in front of crowds I actually it might actually affect them more than they think they will because they're so used to playing in front of people um and they, you know, people say that it's like the 24th man or whatever, whatever 16th man, um, you know, when they carry the team and they win. I think that might affect some teams because they um, they benefit from the crowd to win a game or to scrape a win. Yeah. And how do you, like, mm. talking about coronavirus, how do you think that 
it's going to affect the women's game do you think do you think it's going to affect them more than than the men's and how how is it going to be in the future yeah I'd like I'd like to think it's not going to affect the women's game and I like to think it's not going to affect rugby I think um we've got to get back to normal one day and when it's safe to and when the government allows us to and I think if it you know doesn't affect the men's game then it shouldn't affect the women's game as such and I think you know we are definitely seen semi in the same light and I think media would love to say that you know if we didn't get the same um comeback or if we had some rules changed for us and not for the men I think there'd be up for um so yeah I think it will be the same when we come back and it's just when we come back and when it's safe too yeah so are you as as a woman's side are you are you still training the same you were the same as you were before yeah so obviously just doing um weights and running sessions um and then maybe some skills um which is obviously quite hard because there's not many people I'm just training with my boyfriend so it's not that great um but yes there's only just two of us passing a ball um but yeah other skills like contact and stuff and maybe more like gameplay stuff is quite hard to do but I think they'll give us a lot of time when we come back and when it's safe too and that we won't be rushed back into the season and we'll be able to get our bodies yeah, back to where they were. Same position. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so another question um, is, do you ever get frustrated with the difference in pay, not just in rugby, but just in, in general for in sport of men and women? So I know it's very, very different. Yeah, I think so. I think... It's hard, isn't it? But you've got to remember that when the men started up, they didn't get paid um, a lot and they had to work work hard to become professional. Um, and they are where they are now because they've worked hard and they've become they've made it a professional game. And then we're just at the early stages of that. And I think, yes, we should be very grateful to get paid and be a professional athlete. But I also think we need to push it a bit more and, you know, get respected for who we are when, you know, we're, we play for our country and we should get the respect for that through our pay and through like coverage yeah definitely and um how how long do you think it would take for the women's to kind of reach reach the men's to be viewed in the same way that the men's are viewed I think it will take it will take some time but you've got to you know compare it to other sports like say football um which you know they filled out Wembley um which was really fantastic so yeah I think it will take some time but we've got the world cup next year and you know hopefully if we do well that will push um us to the face of england rugby and i think they england rugby as a governing body and as a company do give us a lot of respect and they do trust us to do well and um like like to see us do well and i think they're definitely behind us but yeah it will take some time and it's definitely got to grow and it's got to grow in the grassroots level as well i think that you know girls girls teams need to be at nearly every club to develop good players and to make it more of a um more people to to pick from and there's more talent talent out there yeah um (laughs) what role do you think that sponsorship brands could play in in pushing women's sport i think it's hard i think it's hard to sponsor a women's team um because there's not much maybe money financial benefit they they can get out of a team um and because we're not commer- like we're not commercialized so you can't really see all our games all the time like live streams or even on the telly um i think that's quite hard so 
they're not actually going to get much from it i think um because they're not people aren't going to see like their brand say on the shirts every you know saturday but i think individually i think sponsored sponsored athletes could be increased because you know of the social people's social media platforms um and i think company sponsorships should be looking at women players because they're the next generation and you know they're the ones that are coming through and they're the next best thing I think and you've got to sort of have a comparison to the men so say if you have like Owen Farrell I think you should also have you know the England number 10 or something like that just to compare it to and I think companies are starting to do that um, because they're seeing it to benefit them and to benefit the individual. Yeah do you think do you think they reach out enough Mm. to women's players to ask for ask for the to sponsor them or do you think they are putting enough forward to get get people that they can sponsor um yeah I think uh, I don't know I think my background or story is quite different to maybe a normal person because obviously of my two first caps were very successful and obviously they got me in the public eye I think you know Adidas wanted to wrap me up as soon as they could so no one else could um get me from like a young age um so I think it's hard I think if you're not like I think it goes obviously all goes back to the public eye and the social media and tv coverage I think if you're not within that I don't don't think sponsorships and sponsors are going to look to sponsor you so I think you know they could do more they could be the forefront and they could go out and look for um players but I I don't think sometimes we get enough coverage for them to look out like people companies might not even know about us yeah okay thank you very much that is um kind of the main body of questions done and thank you very much um thanks jess no worries um oh brilliant that was um that was really interesting that was actually really interesting i think over over the screen, I've been both me and Livy's jaws dropped as we just heard the words uh, Six Nations Grand Slam." <laughs> but I know that was um, it was it was really interesting to hear kind of those thoughts from a from a female athlete who's performing at the very top level. Um, Jess, I have a few just kind of nice. not not silly things, but just a bit more. Um, just... <laughs> it's the most the most important question well, of them all. We're gonna finish on that, but to start with. Um, we'll finish on that. Okay. If you okay. could change one rule in rugby, what would it be? No scrums are boring. <laughs> or just no reset scrums. I think once it goes down, then just play like Yeah, just like accept it. Whoever gets there first. Yeah, it's boring. Yeah. Um who is the player you most admire and why? Oh. Um I think when I was younger, it was definitely Daniela Waterman because she played the same position that I do and she is very talented and was very talented and still is talented. Um, but I think you've just got to take a lot of people's attributes and sort of making them your own. So like someone like Johnny May, I think is a very good finisher. Um, but then someone like Emmy Starrett, she's got a very good boot. Um, so I think you take people's positive um attributes and make them your own and try and aspire to be like them but make it how you want to be yeah so. and do, you, do you feel a responsibility almost that you're somebody that 
people are now going to, you're going to be that person that somebody admires and you might be the motivation to why somebody starts playing rugby. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think it, I think it, it should, I think it's amazing. I think when people message you on Instagram or like after games and they say, oh, like I've started rugby because of you, I think it's fantastic. And I think that what that's what motivates you to keep going and that's what motivates you to do better and to push the game forward for pe- younger people. Yeah, um, what what message would you give to young female athletes now to to kind of encourage them to carry on or to start? Yeah, I think to anyone, to a boy or a girl, I think my most common um, view is to enjoy it. And I think if you're not enjoying it, there's you're not going to get what rugby gives to you. And I think you've always got to, you know, have a smile on your face and enjoy the rainy, muddy sessions as much as the sunny, hot sessions. Um, because otherwise, yeah, like I said, you're not going to get out what you put in. Um, and, you know, Rosebud knows that, you know, the wet, cold miserable yeah. sessions sometimes can be absolutely horrible but yeah. actually at the end of it like yes you're muddy but actually you've had a really good time with your friends and I think that's what's most important and you're going to learn more by enjoying it yeah definitely and right our final question that Joe has been waiting for us to ask <laughs> well, we, we all, um, we all love this question we have our meal deals okay um Joe Tell us your meal deal. So I, I'm I'm very boring after it, so I'm sure I'm sure I'll um I I I I'm definitely going to lose this, but I I go for a classic uh, ham and oh. cheese sandwich, a uh, bag of ready salted crisps, and a water That's to wash really it all boring. down. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah. I, I know. I it's, it's boring, but it's it's simple. It gets the it gets the job done. It's such it's, a letdown. Just it. explain to you as a person. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rosanna, um, your meal deal. I go, go for the barbecue pop chips. Oh, a, a um, a uh, pineapple mm. papaya, whatever it is, Ribena, and um, a hoisin <laughs> duck wrap. Yeah, well, I've lost this. <laughs> um, that's quite, that's so out there. Wow. Um, mine is well, it goes between egg and tuna, but today I'm feeling like tuna, so I'm gonna say tuna and tuna and cucumber sandwich. And then I'll go prawn cocktail crisps. But um, me and Tim had a discussion of the day about Monster Munch and they're definitely up there. But yeah, prawn cocktail crisps. And like then like <laughs> an innocent smoothie, I'd say, to go with it probably, something like that. Yeah, so Jess, Ooh. we have two questions. What is yours? And if you could pick one of our, out of our three, what would that be? Yeah, whose would you pick? Okay, so <laughs> mine would be a... This is really going to show where I shop, but the three be- three bean wrap at M and S. I don't eat meat, so that's okay. why. Um, and then oh, crisps is really hard. It depends what sort of mood I'm in. So it'd either be like quavers, or oh, yeah, quavers, yeah, <laughs> or it's or, enjoy a packet of quavers, um, Doritos chili heat wave, or um. Or McCoy's salt and vinegar. So there is some variance there. Um, and then the drink would probably be a Fanta Zero or a Ribena Light. Ooh. And if I'm feeling super healthy Ooh. instead of crisps, I'll probably get carrots and hummus. Oh, yeah. Can't go wrong. I love carrots and hummus. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's probably mine. It's actually probably really boring. But um, <laughs> so I think. I really hate tuna sandwiches, so 
Joke, oh, but live you look so I just oh, don't, so annoying. Yeah, I really just don't like the smell of tuna. <laughs> that's fair enough. It's not it, it's, it's not for still everyone. on, it's still on. <laughs> but your crisps choice was probably my favourite. So that's yes. very annoying. And your drink choice was probably my favourite. A bit so... of sympathy, sympathy, just letting her know. <laughs> the rest of their drinks are there. They're the size. It's all, it's all, about, it's yeah. all about the main. It's all I... about the main. <sighs> Ham and cheese is too boring for me. So it is probably going to have to be... Oh, I, am yeah. a bo- I am a boring And the person. water really didn't sell it for me. <laughs> <laughs> you can get that free from a tap. So I don't know why you buy it <laughs> Um, so it's probably going to have to be Rosebud, and it's not biased because I know her. It's just, yeah, she's probably no, fair enough. <laughs> she's probably got the variants, but I actually don't like the drink that she's she's chosen. What's wrong and... with you? Just, <laughs> and I don't really like the crisps either. But the sandwich, that's what's going to fill me up, and that's probably the only one that I'd eat. It's like the most bearable one. Yeah, <laughs> oh, lovely, lovely. Oh, <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, thank you, Jess. Brilliant. No, no worries. Thank you for coming to talk no, to cheers, us. Cheers, Jess. That was brilliant. Yeah, thanks for being our special guest. Oh, no worries. Thanks. See you later. Thank you. Bye. Have a nice Bye. day. Bye. Thank thank you. You. Bye. 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 All right, so um, thanks everyone for listening to Tutor Time. Um, don't know why I said it like that. But anyway, um, <laughs> do just want to shout out on the back of talking about women in sport with Jess. Um, coming up at school, we have LP's Girls Cam Week, which everyone can join in no matter what. There's loads of stuff going on and loads of special guests. Zoe's worked really hard with everyone to get it as good as we can. So obviously it's online this year. Um, also, Jez wanted us to mention how sport, there's lots of sporting events going on for inter-house competitions and sports day. So you'll get more information on that from Jez um, <laughs> in the upcoming weeks. So just make sure you look out for that. But yeah, thanks for listening. That's a goodbye from me. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. See you later. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.